Hey, I'm Kelsey, nutritionist turned visionary online entrepreneur. I'm a coach, content creator, ghostwriter, and forward-thinking business owner. My career path has been anything but ordinary, and I've navigated my fair share of drastic industry and job changes. On this weekly show, I share about my personal journey through career highs and lows, and I interview fellow entrepreneurs who share their unique paths as well, all in hopes of inspiring you to start walking out your most visionary life. You can expect interviews and conversations about living an inspired life, becoming an entrepreneur, and running a thriving business. Are you ready to dive in? Let's go. Two hours north of Toronto lies a beautiful community of creatives, heart-led business owners, and above all, a group of visionaries who are creating their best life one day at a time. The way they live and lead their lives is extraordinarily inspiring. You feel the energy of the county the moment you set foot there. Everyone from your coffee shop barista to your brewery owner has a cozy, welcoming vibe written all over them. They are so happy you're here, supporting their business that they've worked hard to bring to life. They are laid back yet hardworking, they are family oriented yet business savvy, they are confident in their craft and in the towns that they have settled in. In this county you can feel a different energy, one of peace, calmness and contentment. I'm talking about Prince Edward County in Ontario, Canada. If you've never heard of it, might I suggest you check it out. If you've been, you know exactly the energy I'm speaking to. This is a four-part series of Visionary Life where I interview the most visionary business owners in the county. We will be sitting down with a plant studio, an apothecary, a fresh cafe, and a brewery. Each business owner has a unique story as to why they settled in the county and decided to create a life there. And I can't wait to shine a spotlight on them in this series. I have no doubt they'll inspire you to vacation in the county, launch your own business, or live out your destiny even if it means facing change and adversity. Let's dive in. When my fiance Dave and I touched down in the county, we headed straight to a small town called Wellington, Ontario. Some of you will be familiar with this quaint little town because of cultural empire, the Drake, not to be confused with actual Drake, (laughs) the person, but the Drake Hotel is there in Wellington as well. And anyways, four years ago, Dave and I had spent the night at the Drake Devonshire, which is this beautiful hotel, as I mentioned, in Wellington. And even though it was winter when we visited, I could feel the magical energy of this tiny little place. And it's actually projected that Wellington will double in size by the year 2032. So it is an up and coming spot. Fast forward a few years, just a couple of months ago, we had the chance to return to the county for a podcast tour, and some of you might already be aware of that because last week we chatted with Parsons Brewery, and you can always go back to last week's episode and listen to it or cue it up for after this week's. So this time I had a chance to visit the most adorable living arts boutique, and plant studio called the parlor studio and so that's where we headed right away to begin our little tour of prince edward county so located inside of a beautiful historic building the parlor studio is your destination for all things living arts plants ceramics botanical styling and it was founded by a visionary lady named jessica axe so that is who i interviewed today on the visionary life podcast Jess had invited me to come by her studio before recording our episode of Visionary Life later that day, and I'm so glad that I did. Getting inside of her space, feeling the energy of the studio, and seeing beauty through Jess's eyes, it was simply incredible. So I'm really grateful that I got to see the space where she creates and lives out her most visionary life and has created the business of her dreams. So from the moment Jess and I met, I felt like she was already a friend of mine. It was crazy. She's soft-spoken, curious, kind, and was excited to share this chapter of her life with not only me, but everyone who passes through the county. 
And I say this chapter because Jess has lived a life full of experiences, navigating multiple career change and location changes. She just has such an open mind to pivoting as her life calls her to. At one time, she resided in the big city of Toronto, but presently she's found community, support, and a life she loves in Prince Edward County. So in this part two of a four-part series of Visionary Life Spotlighting Prince Edward County, we are chatting again with Jessica Axe from The Parlor Studio. So I hope you get a chance to visit The Parlor Studio when you take a trip to the area. If you do visit, let her know that the podcast sent you there. And I'm so grateful to Jess. She actually sent me off with two of the most beautiful little succulents in these adorable painted ceramic pots that now hang out in my apartment and in my office. And so every time I glance at them, I'm not only happy to have new plant matter in our place, but also I think of Jess and her studio. So let's get into the show. And as always, please let me know if you have a chance to listen and we'll chat soon. So welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast. I am sitting here with Jess from the Parlor Studio, and I'm so excited to interview you today and chat all things business and entrepreneurship and how you opened up your studio. So thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So just to set the stage for everyone who's listening, we are actually at the June Motel, and uh, the founders of the June were actually past podcast guests. You can scroll back and find that episode. And we're in Prince Edward County right now, and it's kind of the cusp of the season launching, I guess. So a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. So I'm feeling like the energy is starting to elevate, and everyone's getting really excited for the summer ahead. Yeah, I think it's gonna be really busy. The last couple of months, weekends have been—they're already on. It's like yeah, the secrets out. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're here on a Thursday, so it's still kind of easing into the weekend, but. Yeah, the energy is definitely alive here. So why don't we start off with some rapid fire questions just so the listeners can get to know you a little bit. Um, what's your favorite month of the year and why? July, birthday, beautiful awesome. weather. When's your birthday? July 9th. Oh, mine's yeah. the 4th. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, do you prefer mountain or ocean? That's a good question. Um, I was always an ocean person, but I mean, I've started to really love hiking. Awesome. Yeah. Can you do a lot of hiking here in Prince Edward County? You can do a lot of beach hikes. There's like a really great hike through the back of the dunes. Um, daytime, I can also, you know, you can do it. There's a nice full moon walk back there actually oh, where the entire amazing. beach is lit up. If oh, it's a clear sky. It sounds magical. Nice it's really nice. Yeah. And there's a small mountain here. We're just on the base of it. Cool. Yeah. Um, I know this can be a challenging question for some people, but is there a book that's impacted your life in a positive way? Uh, there's two actually okay. yeah the main book that sort of um inspired me on the path that i ended up on when i was 19 or 20 was um naked ape to super species by david suzuki okay never yeah. read it yeah it just it sort of introduced me to um the food system mm -hmm. and really inspired me to to try to do something about it at that age yeah. and that point in time um and the artist way yeah. That book keeps coming up in my life. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, there's so many books that you can read that don't hold the test of time, yeah. but the exercises in that one just, mm -hmm. I, I must've read it 15 years ago. Cool. And yeah. do you still practice kind of, is it's morning pages, right? Yeah. Morning yeah. papers, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I should do it first thing in the morning, yeah. but the first thing I do is drink coffee. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, I should do my gratitude journal yeah. and sit in silence for five minutes and all this stuff. But yeah. sometimes no, <laughs> coffee no. comes first and then who knows what the rest of the day brings. Yeah, no, but I definitely keep, I have a number of different moleskin journals and I'm a big mm -hmm. dog journaler and yeah. and I have them for different reasons. So yeah, awesome. I do them at different times, just not in the morning. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And we'll definitely chat more about your rituals and that as we get into the podcast. So, um, what's your favorite way to wind down on a Thursday or a Friday night? Mm. I think, um, like I said, tonight I'm going to a friend's house for dinner and conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just downloading with a friend. Awesome. Yeah. And so we'll get into this, but again, you're not originally from here. So 
did you find it was easy to find community within this county and did you know a lot of people when you moved here I didn't actually know a lot of people I had some family here Mm -hmm. um I had a former colleague who was here and she did she was helpful in introducing me to people Um, I got involved with a couple of the restaurants and that was a great way to just sort of see everybody yeah um and it's it's pretty small Mm -hmm. here um so, yeah, I'd say I, I did make friends pretty quickly. Awesome. Like a lot of people I'm close with now, I think I met early on. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And what's one thing that you do every single day that's non-negotiable? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I love this question. Oh, what is not? I, you know what? I actually got stuck on that one a little bit. Well, um, coffee is obviously coffee, one Coffee? That was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. And I was like, that's so un- uninspiring. <laughs> Not really. I feel like that would be the first thing that I would blurt out too. And it's yeah. just because I look forward to it I do so too. much. I do too. And I've tried to reduce it and mm-hmm. cut back, but I always, I just, I really enjoy coffee. Yeah. It's yeah. like my, my time in the morning when I get to brew my coffee and sit down Me and too. enjoy it while I'm working. Like I usually kind of pop open something that I'm working on or a project and I drink my coffee and I I love those moments to myself so it's meaningful to me (laughs) and I know that maybe I shouldn't drink two cups or three cups a day but again I appreciate it and I enjoy it and I think for that it's nourishing me (laughs) I agree I mean I feel like I do some of my best thinking in the morning yeah um yeah yeah I totally agree yeah okay so let's go back to the beginning maybe not the very very beginning but um i was at your studio earlier today and you kind of mentioned that you've been to a few different schools and programs and so i would love to know what did you go to school for and maybe walk us through your journey of formal or informal education that's yeah i have a very eclectic past in terms of education and i think you know the roots of that were um when i was in high school i ended up switching from a very big high school in North Toronto, and I, I went down to the annex to an independent alternative school. Cool. And uh, little did I know that they were training me to be a freelancer. <laughs> because there's no classes. You designed your own um, your own course load within the broader curriculum, and we yeah. had one-on-one relationships with the teachers. That is neat. We came and went as we pleased, uh, which it had like no structure. There were 75 kids there. Why did you make that switch? Was it just that that's how your brain and your body was working at the time and your parents saw that? You know, my parents, there was a move and I wish actually that I had been able to stay at the first school I went to, which was this great, it was one of the biggest schools in Toronto and it had a really great art program, which is actually what ended up, Mm -hmm. was missing from that high school. They had a limited course selection. So a lot of things you had to jump into other schools for if you wanted to do it or design the course yourself. Um... So, yeah, I just, there was a number of reasons why I went there, but that I tried different schools and that one fit. Yeah. And it was in part, I think, also because the schools in the area we were in, in the West End, I just, I didn't really want to be there. They didn't have the same resources mm-hmm. as the original one that I was at. So I went, I went searching, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and in university, um, my program was psychology. So I went to school again in Toronto um, and I just wasn't learning what I was hoping, what I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And I remember university being a really tough time. Um, and again, had I stayed in the original school with the art, I probably would have ended up in design. But because I was in social sciences, psych was the other uh, course of interest. So um, I stayed there for three years and I bought a condominium. Um, up where I was and I started working on that and got totally sidetracked and distracted mm-hmm. um, you started working on your condo yeah. <laughs> and that is when you realized that university education was not I started renovating and I was like um and like you know I'm picking up extra work and extra jobs like thankfully I was on scholarship so like I didn't have to pay for tuition yeah I just and I thought in my head at that time I was like well I'll take everything on you know I'll just get a place and it was a lot of pressure for a young person I didn't really anticipate that anyways fast forward to you know the three years and I um I ended up selling a year later and I went to California. I was doing a course in Toronto. I was always involved with movement and swimming and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I was in, um, I was doing my Pilates program then. And 
And I read that book several years prior to by David Suzuki. And I was just, I really wanted to do something good. I wanted to find something meaningful. Um, at the time, I really loved working with food. And um, uh, I started looking for a culinary school. Hmm. Now, keep in mind, like, this is a while ago. I'm in yeah. my 30s. The internet you were ahead of the curve, I think. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got burnt out with it before it became mainstream. Maybe a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, it's kind of funny because the internet wasn't populated really well mm. then with photos and images and reviews and stories the way it was now. So I found these two vegetarian cooking schools, and one was in Boston, and one was in Northern California, mm-hmm. Mendocino. And I decided to go to the one in California because it was in California. Yeah. And I literally packed my rollerblades. <laughs> Short. That's how long ago this was. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's really. Or maybe you still rollerblade. I, I wish I could, it. but the roads are too bumpy out here and everybody would make fun of me. <laughs> a lot of fun. I will attest to that. <laughs> yeah, but I. Um, yeah, I got to this school and I was like, oh, again, this is why I say the internet wasn't populated because. It was cold. It was like Vancouver weather. And I had to buy sweaters and jeans. <laughs> Did not do your market research. No. I have a feeling that has changed about you. Yeah, a little bit. Um, uh, but it was a great adventure. Um, and that just started to open up doorways for me, you know, um, for probably the next eight or so years. So I, mm-hmm. I feel like you and I might have some crossover there because I did touch on doing a lot of marketing and social media because of what I was doing as a mm-hmm. practitioner myself with Pilates and mm-hmm. some nutritional consulting, a lot of product development. I did some cookbooks with Matthew Kenny. Neat. Yeah, retreats. And it was just always project-based. Mm-hmm. It was very, very creative. And um, would you kind of pin yourself as a freelancer at that point? Yeah, I never even knew that that was a word yeah. either. I was just working for myself and, mm-hmm. you know, doing all sorts of crazy things. But I think the common element is still, you know, that I'm drawing back from then was I was working with plant-based foods and um, communicating my values visually. Like I was doing a lot, a lot of styling, a lot of photos and Mm -hmm. creating content around that before it was even, there weren't even really blogs. Mm -hmm. And you were just doing it because it felt good and that's where your strengths, Mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. And people were just projects where it was, I was saying yes to everything. You yeah, know, of course, the yeah. yes phase of our lives, totally, which is okay, totally. And then, um, and then I hit thirty, and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing it this way. I don't. I didn't want to open a restaurant. Okay. Um, I didn't want to open a studio necessarily. Wasn't sure about that. Um, and I had a lead into of all things real estate, which was a hard left turn. And so I did that for a couple of years in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sold residential in Toronto. And um, did really well with it, but it just wasn't feeling right. What was missing from your path in real estate looking back? Do you know? Uh, It was the creative element, like Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, I really, like, I enjoyed working with people, but I'm very, uh, I'm I'm in my best spot when I'm working alone. Mm -hmm. When I, I need that, like, that's the balance I have right now is that I'm able to do so much creative work privately and then I can share it and it has the social platform mm-hmm. but with um real estate is really it's business mm-hmm. it's a business business right and it's uh no matter which way you dress it up it's still about the finances and mm-hmm. um yeah yeah actually that's so interesting you just said something that really sparked something in me when you said I do my best creative work when I'm alone yeah and I've been trying I've been looking back at a couple jobs that I landed in my 20s and I felt like, wow, like this is such an amazing role. And I was part of a nutrition company and I had this great marketing job. And yet I felt so stunted when I was there. And I truly do think now that you've said this, it's because I wasn't just working on my own. Like, yes, it was everything I needed in a job. But it was among a team where I had to kind of abide by certain rules. And mm-hmm. I was working amongst people who didn't exactly see my creative vision. So, yes, the job itself was really wonderful. But I'm just now realizing that I do get a lot of my creative ideas when I'm by myself and have that time and can just run with tangents at any moment. Totally. So I think that's it's important to know what makes you tick with your creativity. And I don't think a lot of people tune into that, unfortunately. Well, I think it's also just you don't even realize that Mm -hmm. 
you it, it it takes longer to do things with other people yeah. when you have to pause and and get it vetted mm-hmm. and go and you know take their feedback but when you're working on your own you just do it yeah right absolutely yeah and yeah. so okay so you said you kind of hit your 30s and you experienced almost like this burnout and yeah. so before we kind of move on from that do you think that it was the freelance life or that kind of consulting life that was burning you out or was it just that you didn't really have an end game or what was not working in that moment that you felt like I need to make a change? I think it was a combination of things. You might actually resonate with me on this is that I'd started with the vegetarian vegan thing and, you know, was a Pilates teacher, but I worked primarily in the yoga world. Mm-hmm. So there was just so many things that, that made my, like around identity that I felt very constrained by. Like I didn't want to talk about food all the time anymore. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to eat (laughs) and I wanted to be able to explore like all types of food and be able to, you know, openly share that. But I didn't feel like I could around a lot of the people I was working with. So there definitely was, it felt like there was a lid on who I could be Mm -hmm. with this image of what I was doing for work. Um, And I did, you know, I had been a vegan for a while and that wasn't working for me. Um... And it was just, yeah, it was just the business and personal. I mean, it's still closely connected for me, but it was very intimately connected. Mm-hmm. And and it was almost like it, it uh, resonated with the point of time when it was born, but not years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. So interesting. I totally had the very similar journey. <laughs> like my school, although we didn't go to the same school, mine was as yours as I think very plant-based focused. Yeah. And uh that actually turned me primarily into a vegan and I really identified with that lifestyle and I still do. I love the plant-based lifestyle. I think it's so wonderful and more of us could gravitate towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I started seeing clients one-on-one in my practice and, and I just realized like, although I love food, I don't want to talk about it all day and there's more to me than my diet and I'm just you know, I'm, I'm wanting to broaden my scope a little bit. So, totally you know, it's an evolution and I'm glad that I was open to it and not feeling stuck in what I was doing. I think there are wonderful nutritionists who can really hone in on somebody's diet better than I was able to. So, um, I think you just have to honor the evolution of where you're at and, you know, if in any job you're kind of feeling like, I'm not really, I don't want to talk about this anymore. That is okay. And I didn't want to be pigeonholed. I yeah. really felt like even in movement too, I saw such a bigger spectrum mm-hmm. like in front of me, but it was being dialed down to talking about it through diet and regime. Mm-hmm. But really it was like touching back on psychology again. It had a lot to do with psychology and connection or people's lack thereof or whatever. Um, and there was like a really personal, intimate element to it. Mm-hmm. And it was just being kind of glossed over through to food yeah yeah I know there was um, a couple programs that I always wanted to take if I was to pursue being a holistic nutritionist I knew I needed to take like the psychology of eating Mm -hmm. and emotional eating because I would say 95% of my clients it was a deeper rooted issue they knew what to eat they knew like they had the meal plan they watch Dr. Oz they read the blogs unfortunately And I have similar issues. It's like, we know better, but sometimes it's not easy to do better because we have these deep-rooted, emotional, whatever, physical cues that make us eat the wrong way. And that's okay. That's human nature. But yeah, it's definitely a complex um, consulting business to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so then what was next for you in your mid- young 30s? Did you go work for someone else or did you launch your no, own business I, from there? Thankfully, I still found a way to, to skirt around that. But yeah, I, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I just, I, again, I wasn't feeling it. And a girlfriend of mine at the time, she's a Pilates teacher in Toronto, reminded me of a colleague out here who mm-hmm. had this beautiful Pilates studio. And she said, you know, she's listing it for sale. Maybe you want to talk to her. It's gorgeous out there. When's the last time you visited Prince Edward County? And I knew about this place because my grandmother had come here for the last couple of years of her life. I had an aunt and uncle who had bought a and b here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I gave her a call and I came to visit and we decided that I could come for the summer. I rented a coach house in Wapus. Um, 
and I went on the schedule, took some classes. Um, I took a part-time job. That's how I met everybody here. I worked in the restaurants. Because if you don't, that's really like what the main, the main economy here is based on hospitality at some level, restaurants or hotels. Um, and yeah, I decided not to buy a business. I, um, that was like another step towards, you know, maybe not teaching. I just wasn't quite there yet. Um, and I thought that I would go back to Toronto and just pick up with the real estate where I left off. But when I got there, I made the final call. I was like, no, I closed my books. I decided to leave the brokerage. Um, I did take a job for a little while. And then the next year I ended up moving here Mm -hmm. and I, um, I rented a studio space from, I told you Alex Fida, who's got the house of Falconer and he had this, this like Gothic cottage from 200 years ago in the most juxtaposition place in Picton, this like gorgeous little heritage home. It's sitting on a stamp in a, in a pretty commercial area. And um, yeah, he gave me the parlor. Cool. Yeah, and that's sort of where it began, just as a, a place to have a movement studio and to do some contract work out mm-hmm. of. Um, but it was a beautiful room and people visited the house like it was a museum. And I needed an excuse to open the door. So I decided to stuff it with plants, decorate with gems, do, you know, decorate it in a way that I could use it for, for the, the meditation and movement classes and sound healing events. Yeah. And, uh, and just open the door and see if there was a retail element. And it turns out there was. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll go into this more, yeah. but there was no like official business plan at this point. <laughs> it was very much just like, go with it because you had an opportunity, right? That's pretty much it. I was in love with the space. Yeah. Like I was a hundred percent infatuated with that and in, not infatuated. I was in love with that space. It was a beautiful room mm-hmm. and I just wanted to activate it. Mm-hmm. In that moment, did you kind of decide like, okay, I'm going to stay here for a while yeah like drop everything in Toronto and and it just felt right I'm assuming yeah well I mean it was something to pour my energy Mm -hmm. and my creativity into which as it turns out is a priority Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so you've obviously pivoted quite a few times in your life you've moved around you've had different jobs do you go with kind of like those gut feelings? Do you get those types of like intuitive hits or are you more methodical about like calculating the pros and cons of these big moves? Because I say this because a lot of people, they, they'll ask me or other people questions like, how did you move to Toronto? Like, you know, they are constantly analyzing, could I afford it? Da da da. And I kind of just say, you know what? I just, I knew one day I woke up and it was like, I got to move. And then when I quit my job, I was, just one day, you know, it's not right for me anymore. Yeah. I'm wondering, how do you make these big decisions? Well, I glossed over the fact that, I mean, I had done California in my 20s. And I'd also lived in Vancouver for a year. Mm-hmm. And I was, I mean, there's, I, I definitely think about it. I definitely have a very analytical way of looking at things. But at the end of the day, it's my gut instinct that gives me the go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've learned, though, is like, it's... I, it's such a bland comparison but it's sort of like paint chips you know when you go to the paint store and you're like the first color you see is the one that you want but you pick 20 of them and Mm -hmm. then you go back and forth and back and forth and then you I ultimately end up buying the first one that I looked at I'm learning to trust that instinct more and more Mm -hmm. because that's like a download that's a ping you know Mm -hmm. that's my higher knowledge telling me to go for it Mm -hmm. I wasn't completely set on Prince Edward County though at first if it hadn't have been that like these avenues had opened up mm-hmm. um who knows yeah. but yeah okay cool so now you have this kind of pop-up shop running and that seems well and good um let's go through the evolution then to how Parlor actually came to be so you now have your own beautiful space mm-hmm. in Wellington and it's incredible. So what was the transition like to having kind of more of a pop-up shop and then actually going for a brick and mortar space? What was that transition like? Um, scary at first, yeah. for sure, because of the commitment really, but um, it's another case of like, I fell in love with this, the building. Okay. Yeah. and. Both times, the space, in a way, defined how the business was held within it and what was going to happen. 
Um, yeah, I mean, were you looking for a space? I had my eyes open because the lease was done. Okay. So the season was done, and I think the season's starting to expand here now, but it was definitely over, like, in September. And so I still had my other space all of October, and it was very, very quiet. And so it closed, and... Um, I was, I, I live in Wellington and I was walking down the street and I saw the commercial sign had just gone up in a residential building. And so I called the landlord and I told him what I was doing and he was totally into it. Like I had a couple of ideas at the time and, and he oh, so just, it wasn't necessarily going to be what Carla <laughs> is today. No, it was going to be, um, a, like a natural fragrance shop. Like okay. I was into the apothecary stuff, but I was like, I, I just didn't feel confident about just doing the plants and I was giving up the space was smaller so there wouldn't be classes there wouldn't be workshops at, at that level it would just be retail so I was like well how am I going to expand upon this like um yeah and so we went back and forth for a while I was going to we were going to do it and we we had a contract and we were looking at it and then I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do it. It was so funny how we went back and forth and ultimately the landlord came back to me and he was like, you really have to do this. <laughs> I love that. He was the guy that just needed to kind of push you off the he ledge. He did and he said, you know, I love your style and I would love it if you would design the suites upstairs. That was his business. And I said, well, I'm going to Thailand for a month, <laughs> get the structure done, get it up to the drywall and let's do it. Mm-hmm. So I got my things together and, you know, it, it was, what was it? I got back from Thailand mid-March and it was open by mid-June. So cool. Yeah. It happened very quickly. It did. It yeah. was a lot of work, yeah. It's funny, there's such a common theme going through the guests that I've been interviewing lately. And a couple of them who have recently been on the show, one in particular that popped into my mind, are the founders of Based Beauty Care and they do natural body care. Yeah. And what I loved about their story, and again, this has been a similar theme, is that they started with what they wanted their brand to be and how their brand would feel and how people would interact and how their voice would be. And then the products were actually second to that. Mm -hmm. So they have this vision for the brand and the experience around it, but actually no idea what would fall within that. And so I loved when you said that you kind of found the space. You still didn't know what you'd populate the space with, but I ultimately believe that you probably knew an element of what you wanted to create within the atmosphere. It was all, it's exactly, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's funny, I was talking about that today. I'm like, parlor is a feeling. Mm. It was a feeling in the other space. It's a feeling in this space. It's a combination of like, well, that's actually why I didn't end up going with fragrances in a sense. Like even on a natural level, they, they, they were kind of triggering, right? Some of them are allergens and yeah. so forth. So I wanted a space that was beautiful, but neutral in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it is, it is all about the atmosphere and it's all about like, I have to be there, mm-hmm. you know, more than full time. Of course. And I want a space that nurtures me. Like, you know, I want the lighting to be low and the sounds to be soft and the smells to be soft. I, I wanted to feel like this is an extension of when I was in a movement studio in a mm-hmm. yoga space, you know, it was calming. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, like, I mean, we have all heard that quote before that says, like, people don't remember what you said. They remember the way you make them feel. Um, today. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I feel like we are so in sync. Yeah. Um, but it's probably the same. I've never thought of it this way, but with a business, you may yes. not remember what products were on the shelf. Yes. Like, to be honest, I couldn't name you the plants that were in your store today, but I can remember how bright it was. I can remember how, like calm I felt in there I loved just the decor and I felt at ease so I mean that kind of yeah it very much relates to that quote in such a neat way I used that today in the interview that's so interesting (laughs) I mean it's a great quote because it's so true I think we all get caught up in the micro details of life sometimes it's like oh my gosh like I didn't get a time to put my shirt on and it has a wrinkle or whatever the case is people aren't going to give a crap about that. It's like they're going to remember that you had a big smile on your face when you walked into the party, and and perhaps that's all they'll remember. It's so, so true. Yeah, it's so, so true. Very, very cool. Um, so, yeah, we'll dive into um, more of what's in the shop in a sec, but I would love to know, um, at the time, was there 
a business or business person that you were inspired by or was anyone doing anything similar that you were trying to um, maybe mimic or that you were fueled by? It's so interesting because there are some beautiful plant shops, but I know that they're doing it a little in their own way, right? It, this, I don't have a single person. Mm -hmm. I have aesthetics that I'm really drawn to. Um, most of them are in the health and wellness and development, self-development world. Yeah. That mixed, mix of fashion, you know, West Coast kind of thing. The main kind of uh, draw for me was I was sitting with a girlfriend before I opened the original location, and I was a little nervous about going into it the way I was. And she was like, Jess, your MO is all things beautiful. Mm. you're going to go and collect products that you find to be the most beautiful, that you love, and use that. And that's what I went into it with, and that's what I continue to do. Like, whenever I'm looking around at stuff or scanning for what's coming in next, I know that when I, like, double-guess or try to be too methodical about it, that stuff doesn't move. People don't feel inspired by it. But if I love it, mm -hmm. that's really what I'm going with. So that's why I hand-select all the plants. You know, I work with as many potters as I can to collaborate and co-create on the design so that it's, I want to be able to, to bring it home with me too, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and I really do think that, like, one of the reasons why we buy things as consumers is because perhaps we get to know you and we just want a little piece of your creativity and your energy because, honestly, like... I don't know that much about plants, so when I walk into a shop like yours, I trust that whatever you have in there is based on your knowledge and your life experience, and so I'll buy anything that you put in there, <laughs> and so the fact that you're able to kind of curate that, and it's just an extension of you that's very authentic, yeah. like I trust that whatever I'm buying is going to make me happy, and it's going to fit well in my, you know, apartment, and so I think really one of the reasons why we buy things is because we know, like, and trust you. And, and so whatever you put in there would sell. That's that's a really interesting statement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and what I tell people in turn is when they're, like, you know, not feeling confident about buying something that's alive, I just say, take a look around. Enjoy the room. Take the space in. And you tell me what you like the most mm -hmm. because you're going to be motivated to take care of that. I love that. Yeah. And even today, you were so kind to give me a couple of your little pots and plants. And I love that you picked out the colorful one, too. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Such a nice color. color. Yeah. I'll send you a picture as soon as I find a place for it in our apartment. But, yeah, I just looked at the window and the one that really my eye was drawn to. Like, I scanned all of them, yeah. but... I just knew one of them was kind of like eyeing me down. So yeah. I was just like, that's the one. I have a feeling that that's the next color. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps pink. it is. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, and you said kind of like your mission behind what you bring into the studio is all things beautiful. Mm -hmm. Is that still kind of how you operate or how do you decide what to put on the shelves? Yeah, I mean, there's... It's it's interesting because I can see... Um, it's, it's a running experiment, of what inspires other people and, 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 and what inspires me at the same time. But what I'm noticing is like less branding is more. And I've always sort of had that, like everything's kind of neutral. Mm -hmm. um, I try to keep like words out of the room as much as possible. Again, so it's a neutral. So people can take it in from exactly where they're at as opposed to dictating or manipulating the space in any way. Um, yeah, I, it's it's one of those things. It's like a great game to play with yourself when you're walking around during the day to see like what you like and what you don't. This is forcing me to just scan for yeses and scan for what's uplifting. And that's what I go for in line with what other people also seem to be gravitating towards. Yeah. Cool. I didn't yeah. even really notice the no words thing, but you're right. Like, There's no words, yeah. <laughs> there were no words, no tags. Um, that's something that didn't strike me until now, but I, I think I really love that you subtly did that. You'll see it. Like, there's stuff in there, but it's all, like, it's kind of, like, out of the out of yeah. your eye. Yeah. Yeah. And then also trying to, I mean, I, I, it's not a perfect collection in terms of all naturals, but I am trying to stick with mostly ceramics and natural baskets and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think... I'd like to continue to lean into as many 
locally or Ontario-based potters, Quebec-based potters as possible. So great. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, so let's keep kind of going on this like creativity theme that we seem to be chatting about. So where do you gather inspiration from right now? Podcasts. Podcasts, <laughs> yes. So, so great to hear yeah, that. Yeah, I spend tons of time on the road sourcing and I'm by myself. Um, so, you know, and I think, um, I don't know where you're at, but definitely a lot of my friends are working or have children, so I can't talk to them all the time. Mm-hmm. And podcasts just really feed me. Yeah. Really, I love audio. I have actually a hard time, um, you know, if I'm, um, what do you call it, FaceTiming or something, processing two modes of communication, mm-hmm. like visual and audio. I love audio. It's just pure. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point, yeah, because even for this podcast, I've been thinking, should I put it on YouTube? And then I would have to film them. Um, but I actually enjoy just kind of doing the visuals myself when I'm listening to a podcast and just you know, purely having the audio. Um, yeah, I, similar to you, I find so much of my inspiration and my creative ideas from podcasts. Do you ever find that maybe you fill too much of your blank space and the white noise that could be with podcasts? It's interesting because I've thought about that lately too. Yeah. Like a similar thing you did where I kind of, you know, refined Mm -hmm. my subscriptions. Um, because my brain is just always going, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and I wonder because, you know, up until a few years ago, we didn't have as much content going through our brains yeah. as we do now. Like, I'm constantly stimulated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. Yeah, I yeah. definitely wonder if... I mean, I listen to probably about oh, quite a lot, actually, maybe six to eight hours a week. Okay. On the road. I that, think that's pretty so good. an hour a day is kind of where Yeah, I'm... but I do it all in two days yeah. when I'm driving. No, I think that's... That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it does obviously what you, what you're taking in influences and shapes and molds you. But it that's does. the other reason. It's the year of the dog, right? So this is a year about harmony and balance. And I read a really great description about um, what that means, that it's not just, you know, it, to get, to have balance, you have to be mindful of everything you're taking in. So not just food, but also the words. Primarily, mm-hmm. I'd say the words and the images. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess it is important to, the same way that it's important to surround yourself with people who make you a better person and who light you up, choose your audio content Mm -hmm. wisely. 100%. You know, and if podcasts aren't your jam, choose your TV programs wisely. Choose your YouTube videos because I even find myself, like, I'll catch myself saying phrases from podcasts that I've heard or, like, you know, you are very affected by them. If you're listening to the same person on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. they basically become like your friend, coach, mentor, whatever it is that you treat them as. And yeah, like you are going to mold and shape to a piece of them almost. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So crazy. Yeah. Um, because you're a very creative person and obviously in your work, you need to kind of be clear and creative on a daily or weekly basis. Um, I'd love to know, is there ever times that you feel creatively blocked oh, and maybe yeah. just can't produce that day or even that week? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It takes tons of mental energy and it's interesting because it lends itself back to my diet and the fact that I need protein certain types of proteins because I'm mentally so active. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday night, yes, there's nothing left after I've done three full days at the shop. I need that break. I need to just pull back um, and have my, like, I just, I need me time to recharge. Like, I'm I'm a social introvert, you know? Um, yeah. I charge myself up. I definitely don't get charged when I'm in groups of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a combination of things I need to do to regain, like, to fill my well a lot of it is, some of it's pulling back. Some of it is, um, I need to work with my body. Mm-hmm. I need to get back into my body, out of my brain. So I need to stretch and do everything I used to do all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's such a interesting conversation that seems to be happen- happening quite often these days is um, mixing entrepreneurship and health almost mm-hmm. and making sure that you have a balance, be- balance because 
I think maybe five, ten years ago, burnout was like almost like that badge of honor that people talk about. And it's like, I'm so busy. So that means I'm successful. But now we're realizing that you can't be a wonderful entrepreneur if you're not treating yourself well and in your peak state of health. And that may mean just having your coffee, moving your body and listening to a podcast like that might be what you need to recharge for other people. It might look different, but I know for myself, like there are certain things I need to do every single day to get into my most creative state and to make sure that the words coming out of my mouth and the blogs that I'm writing and the editing that I'm doing is kind of aligned with that. Right. So I do take my health quite seriously because I know it makes me a better business owner. Yes. And previously I may never have connected the two. It's like, whatever, I can, you know, treat myself crappy, but I'll still get up and go to work tomorrow. No, I recognize that I can't perform at my highest level in one area if I'm not performing. 100%. So, I mean, it's cool that we each have that background in nutrition and kind of holistic health because I... I believe that that really affects our businesses. It does, and nothing will like put you to the test more than putting your skin in the game and having a business where you're everything. Really, to you know, match what you're saying. That's yeah. Some of my my yeah my health patterns, like in terms of maybe doing things in excess, I can't do that anymore. If I have mm-hmm. to be on the next day. And it really gives you that feedback loop immediately. Yeah. 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 So interesting. Um, Okay. And so before we kind of wrap this up and chat a little bit more about the studio, I was browsing through kind of your Instagram and going through the archives. And I noticed that you have these really cool like workshops and um, kind of events that you host, I guess, at the, at the shop. So I was reading about the musical meditations and tarot readings and the full moon ceremonies. And I guess you kind of do these on a pop-up basis. Is that That, correct? Those are with host teachers. Okay. Yeah. And, um, both of those women, they're wonderful actually. And you might want to look them up. Yeah. Um, One is in Toronto, Andrea Tanyak. Tanyak, I think I said her name right. She's a violinist. And she brought us, I don't know if you know what a Stradivarius is. No. I didn't know what it was until she told me, but it's like a 400-year-old violin, and there's maybe, you know, 300 of them in the whole world. And oh she was gosh. gifted one for several years from the Canadian instrument. There's a bank of instruments. And we met at a meditation retreat, actually, at a Vipassana retreat four years ago. And it was funny because it's a silent retreat, but we met there because yeah. we sort of spotted each other. Bad girls who yeah. were talking. <laughs> Yeah, she was keeping an eye on me the entire retreat because I had this huge mountain of blankets in my spot to keep myself from falling over. Um, Anyways, so we made that connection there and stayed in touch and she wrote this beautiful meditation on her violin um, about forgiveness with her violin or yeah, through her violin. So those were there. And then the other woman is uh, Megan Gates and she's a yoga teacher here and she plays the singing bowls and has a beautiful voice and sings. And she did these uh, very restorative sound healing meditations in the space. So mm, very cool. Yeah. So do you still do things like that or not in this space? Mm. Yeah. Um, so that was at your old space. Yeah. It's because it was oh, a little cool. bit bigger. It was, same, yeah. you know, I had my Pilates and uh, massage classes and things like that. That room just did everything. Mm. And it was the plants that I shifted over. Does the county have a lot of that going on, like these types of more spiritual and holistic kind of therapies and They're out here, but it's, you really have to look. Okay. You really have to look and keep your ear out and find out exactly when it's happening. And you know, it's different than when you're in the city and you can drop in and things are really, really well publicized and you know, there's big, big rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little more underground here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it'd be your studio. I mean, it's such a cool place to have something like that because plants are such yeah. energetic beings. And yes. so to do so, I feel like I would like have an emotional breakdown if there was like a sound healing in your studio. It was pretty <laughs> awesome. You know, I used to think that it was actually, it went both ways. I was like, the plants are healing people, but people are healing the plants oh right now. Gosh, yeah. You're like, look at them blossom. <laughs> this is amazing. When you 
four of us. Yeah, that is the so negative cool. ions in the room were bananas. Yeah, yeah and great. do you still practice meditation on a regular I basis? I do. Yeah, not not to the degree that I used to before. And the reason I would as much, even though I was in the industry, was so that I'd be balanced and receptive to other people. Mm. What I'm doing now is a lot faster. Um, it's you know it's customer based, and the room moves very quickly, and my brain kind of is in a different place, but. Um, yeah, I I'd say yeah, not as much as I would like to, but I definitely mm-hmm. still have a regular practice. Cool. That's yeah, awesome. I have a different relationship to it right now though. Yeah. Too. Yeah, it's not quite I'm not really trying to achieve what I used to be seeking to achieve. Now it's more about acceptance. Yeah. <laughs> and defragmenting a little bit. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's been an evolution. Mm. Um, okay, so say someone's walking down the street and they pop into your shop and they're like, hey, what is it that you do here? What would you say to that? <laughs> I, I say, come in, because people do that all the time. <laughs> okay, and then when they say, what's going on in this shop? Yeah. It's, okay, maybe I'm asking this selfishly because I find the what do you do a really challenging question, but yeah. I would love to hear, like... Tell us, what do you do oh, at the parlor studio? You know, I think I've been through periods of time where I've given myself certain titles to try to be really creative and fancy, and now Chief I'm plant just... officer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, I have a plant shop. Yeah. I just keep it really it's a plant simple. Shop. It's a plant shop. I'm like, just plants? And I said, yeah, plants and ceramics. Like mugs? <laughs> <laughs> ceramics for like the plants. Plant pots. And I love like, it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. Maybe that's the best way to go because sometimes I get caught up. I'm like, well, I'm a podcast host and I teach fitness classes and I have my own online business. And people are like, sorry, what? Yeah, it's simplicity perhaps is the better way to go. Um, What does a typical workday look like for you at the studio? Or is it always at the studio? It depends. Like, well, it's, I have seasonal schedule, right? So I will be full time, like the studio will be open full time for the high season. Hopefully, it might be closed one day a week. Um, <laughs> yet to be determined. Um, and then I've been open for retail only for three days a week um, for the down season. I'm doing a lot of custom work actually on my mm. on my slow days or well closed days or not slow days are different. So I'm on the road a couple of days a week sourcing things. Um, I actually work the shop three days a week right now. One full day is setting up, completely about merchandising and everything else. And uh, there's probably a couple of mornings right now where I just drink a lot of coffee. (laughs) And that's the beauty of being Until May 11th. (laughs) You should enjoy it while you can. I love it. Countdown is like, what, a week away until... It doesn't feel real. It's so funny. I actually really love my routine right now. But, um, yeah. You'll love the the busyness again. You kind of have to... I, I think... It's cool as business owners, there's always seasons of our business and you might be in kind of like a more quiet go with the flow of where your own creativity is at. But we also appreciate the seasons that are like more, a little more demanding, I think, and maybe you'll be more social within the next six months and kind of, yeah, get re-energized again. Yeah, it's, you know, what you were saying before about like, what are your health practices around that? Because that's really, it's been a topic of conversation with other entrepreneurs here too, or, or you know you know, we'll all be like at a restaurant or a brewery and nobody's having a drink because we're all like, we have to be on tomorrow morning yeah. and we want to have a good night's sleep. And totally. so just moderation. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I feel like this is going to be such a crazy season in the County because yeah. obviously with all these incredible <laughs> businesses and here at the June Motel, I know they're booked up like every oh, weekend yeah. for the summer. So yeah. there's obviously going to be a lot of passerbys and people coming to enjoy their, maybe it's their one weekend off of the summer and it's neat that they'll get to pop into your businesses. It's and... such a special experience. Like yeah. I love playing tour guide mm-hmm. when they come into, the, people come into the shop because that's the conversation at the cash desk. Right? Right. Where are you staying? Where are you having dinner? Oh, do you know which wineries to go to? And yeah. you can just see people lighting up. They're like, oh, I've never heard of that place. They're Very like, cool. I'm so happy I get to do that. Because mm-hmm. there's so many beautiful like passion projects here that um, it's not just the parlor. Like this, it's, the parlor is so nicely situated within a community of like businesses or mm-hmm. everyone pours their heart into it. Yeah. Yeah. So for a lot of the listener, listeners, I know that 
a lot of them have maybe a side hustle that they'd like to bring to life or a business that's been on their mind. What would you say to someone who is kind of listening to this podcast and feeling inspired by maybe your journey? What would be kind of the first step that you would suggest taking in actualizing an idea for a business or you know, what's one piece of advice you could offer to someone who is looking to start an entrepreneurial journey? Believe in yourself. Mm. Seriously, believe in yourself. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, even when no one else does, right? I would say even and especially, you know, sit down and take inventory of what your strengths are and and what, what do you really, it, it sounds so cliche, but like, what do you love? I think that like so many things are set up right now in a way that, you know, somehow people believe that work has to be super, super hard and not enjoyable and really like there is work to creating a business around something you love. It doesn't strip any of that away. There's still the administration. There's still the planning. There's still taxes. There's still all of that stuff. Um, and the personal challenges you'll confront when you open it, which is mainly your fear, like, mm-hmm. and, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, ask a couple people close to you what they see, too, in your blind spot. If you've got someone you really trust who you know, mm-hmm. has your, uh, your best interest at heart and sees what your beauty is, ask them, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, believe in yourself. I think that's the main one. So good. I yeah. love that. Um, okay, so last couple questions. Um, first of all, this one's just kind of a quick one. Do you name all your plants? <laughs> the first summer, I had a girlfriend. She lives here, and uh, she's a teacher. And she uh, watched the shop for me one day, okay. and I had been joking about doing, like, adoption papers for plants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, that would be a great business model. <laughs> And, uh, and that we should name them so that people really care about them. And so we did put little tags okay. on. It's funny because a group of, of um, they were pretty young, but they uh, friends came into the shop this weekend and, and I overheard Nancy Reagan and I was like, what are you guys doing? And they were like, we're trying to figure out which plants are which first ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. That is so funny. I love that. I think I found like some of those names through creeping on Instagram. Oh, the like, petite prince. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and last question: Where can people find you? So both online and where can they find you in person? Yeah. So Parlor Studio is in Wellington. Uh, downtown Wellington is really tiny, but it's got a pink door and a pink sign and gold decals. Um, and then of course I'm on Instagram. So Parlor Studio P E C. And that's parlor with an OU. Awesome. Yeah. The Canadian way. The Canadian way, yeah. So great. Well, Jess, thank you so much for your time and for being on the podcast. I certainly see you as a visionary, and I can't wait to see the direction that you go with the parlor. I'm sure there's lots of growth in your future, and I'm thankful that you are kind of paving the way and showing people what a life can look like that pivots and evolves and that's visionary and fun. So thanks for being on the show. listening to this episode of the visionary life podcast i wanted to record a new outro and if you're still listening then if you have a minute just hang on here i love doing these shows and as you know we have no sponsors currently on the show and that's because you have to have about 10,000 downloads per episode to bring on paid sponsors so i just want to give you an inside look at the fact that i make no money off of this podcast and i simply release an episode each and every week so that I can inspire and share the journeys of incredibly wonderful people who I selfishly would love to chat with, but I also just love sharing the content in case you don't feel inspired in the city you live in or by the people you hang around or at the job you're currently living, then at least you can tune into an episode of Visionary Life and just soak up some of the magic that is happening in our world right now. So please let me know if you learned anything new or if you have any feedback on the show. Again, my intention is to build community and conversations around the topic of peak health and 
inspired living, entrepreneurship, and in living in an inspired state as a visionary. I'd love for you to join my insiders community. It's the Visionary Life Facebook group. So you can just search Visionary Life on Facebook or head to facebook.com slash groups slash the visionary life. You can also find me on Instagram at Kelsey Rydell. And lastly, I would adore if you guys could please open your podcast app of choice. If it's iTunes, um, then just flip it open, open the podcast app, leave me a rating and review because that just kind of bumps us up in the rankings and lets me know that you're listening and that you're enjoying this content that I put out for you on a weekly basis. So until next time, I hope you have a visionary week.